It's Monday. It's September 14th. And the word of the day is holophrasis, which means the expression of complex ideas in a single word or phrase, often applied to little kids learning their first language skills. Used in a sentence, thanks to its strict holophrasis policy, Twitter is a great place for very small children to learn about <laughs> politics and nobody else. Assassination. H- humor. <laughs> humor. <laughs> Jokes. I'm no illusions. <laughs> I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. And broadcasting delayed from America's Far Center, we are the Skeptocrats. On this week's episode, we'll try to get the image of Sarah Huckabee Sanders' WAP into your head. Donald Trump will lie about <laughs> telling the truth about lying. <laughs> and we learn that Trump voters are tragically stupid rats on a literal sinking ship. <laughs> but first, the rest of the intro music. Joining me for headlines tonight, our fellow skeptic rats, no illusions, and Eli Bosnick. Gentlemen, uh, Nate Silver is telling me that Trump is about a three-to-one underdog at the moment, so... We just relax now, right? (laughs) (laughs) Mm, Nate Silver, I haven't heard that name in a long, long time. (laughs) How long? I I love how his election page now is just a bunch of cartoon animals saying, here's how ratios work, you stupid fuck monkeys. (laughs) (laughs) It's just all the way down. It's actually really super easy. You can make them into (laughs) fractions if you want. It's not that hard. In our lead story tonight. We learned a thing that we already knew and were rightly furious about it, which, let's be honest, I could have pre-recorded at some point last year and just used this the bumper for every goddamn lead story we've covered since. Uh, But this particular one is about the new revelations in Bob Woodward's forthcoming book, wherein Trump admits on tape that he intentionally lied to the American people about the dangers of COVID so as not to spook the markets. Oh, well, I mean, good work with that. That was a close one. That was a real close one. (laughs) But uh, as long as we're on the subject, uh, Donald, maybe you could lie about the trade war with China whenever you get a minute (laughs) if you're affecting markets positively. Okay, uh, now we've got him on tape saying he hates Trump supporter Steve Wacombe of Bayonne, New Jersey, and hopes he dies. Still going to vote for him. Okay. Yeah, right. Okay. (laughs) So, okay. So first, the revelation. Going to vote for him more now. <laughs> in his upcoming book, Rage, legendary journalist Bob Woodward details a February seventh call in which Trump freely admits that COVID nineteen is significantly more dangerous than even a bad flu, and describes it as "quote deadly stuff" end quote. All while publicly saying the exact opposite, and then after fourteen fucking hours of his surrogates desperately denying those accusations, despite Trump's words being recorded and released along with the story, Trump admitted to it. So, so then they switched to this new defense, specifically that he did lie, but only to avoid causing a panic. Right. Because if there's one thing we know about president, Mexicans are rapists and a caravan of them is marching on America like an old timey phalanx. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have conspiracy theories about me fighting a secret cabal of satanic Democratic pedophiles to retweet. It's that he doesn't want to cause a panic. Yeah. Right. Of course not. The guy, the guy using footage of his own city's burning to scare people into voting for him is real even keel. <laughs> yeah. No, American <laughs> carnage. The president. Yeah. So to be clear. There actually could be some merit to the 
panic defense, like theoretically, at least if Trump hadn't made it so abundantly clear that the panic he was trying to avoid was limited to the Dow Jones industrial <laughs> average. Exactly. Like, so it's definitely possible to imagine an ethical president downplaying the severity of the threat in the earliest days to avoid people panic buying all the PPE or something. Right. But there is no hypothetical scenario you can spin where that downplaying would include stuff like predicting it would disappear on its own, calling it a hoax or suggesting it was being exaggerated as political revenge against you. <laughs> So even right. if we bought the excuse, it wouldn't excuse the action, and we don't buy the excuse. <laughs> okay, everybody remain calm. Just remain calm, nothing to worry about. And uh, also, here's a list of my mortal enemies who poisoned the world. Right, yes. Okay, I could see you're freaking out. Uh, how about I pick a fight with the biggest guy in the room, huh? China virus? China virus? <laughs> right, don't, yeah, exactly. Don't push the China virus. Is this helping? I'll now, I, I do want to address the demonization of Bob Woodward uh, that came from this for not coming forward with this information sooner. I honestly, I don't find these arguments at all compelling. First of all, he still had to write the fucking book, right? Like he, he had a relationship with the president where Trump felt comfortable sharing shit like this. All you have to do is look at some of the incriminating shit that Trump said after this to see the value in not burning his source the first time it incriminated itself. Right. Especially if you look at some of the shit that he said vis-a-vis uh, 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 -vis race relations after this. But yep. also, what the fuck difference would it have made? Right. Like we all had this information. We knew he was told repeatedly how bad it was long before he admitted it publicly. Hell, his public health officials were telling us how bad it was before he admitted it. Unless you believe that those very same people were giving him a milder assessment behind closed doors, you already knew this. And if you think that a taped confession would have made a fucking difference, clearly you forgot the Lester Holt interview. <laughs> right. What was Woodward supposed to do? Just go on TV and be like, hey everybody, Bob Woodward here with a trailer for my new book. Uh, the trailer is called The News. Yeah, All right. The News. <laughs> right. Yeah, but there's another big weakness in this effort to make Woodward the bad guy here. Trump has done exactly this shit in public several times since then, right? Like, he came out, he says, yes, this is very serious. We should all take it very seriously. And then he calls on his supporters to liberate their states from the exact policies he just endorsed. On March 31st, he said, quote, it's not the flu, it's vicious in a press briefing. That's a fucking quote. And then he kept on calling it a goddamn flu and saying it was just like a flu ever since. Hell, he said it's a serious thing and then it's no big deal and then it's real and then it's a hoax in that order in the same goddamn speech. <laughs> yep. So why, why the fuck would Bob Woodward think he was holding the Holy Grail? Okay, again, it's important that we don't panic. Um, hold on, just a quick second. I'm going to send a tweet. Liberate Minnesota and plant the Confederate flag like Iwo Jima. So yeah, just relax. <laughs> right. Relax. Everyone have a gender reveal party right now and remain. <laughs> oh God, no. <laughs> it's funny enough, honey. Now, Fuck. to be super clear, I'm only Idiots. pointing all this shit out to exonerate Bob Woodward, right? So there's also this bullshit attitude a lot of people have adopted that says, hey, since we already knew all of this shit, we shouldn't be outraged about it now. And, and, and I don't want to put any wood on that fire at all. The problem with this logic is the lack of proof was used as a shield at the time, right? Our outrage was dismissed with demands that we prove that he knew something just because it was in his daily intelligence reports and multiple people claimed they told him about it directly. 
Right? We shouldn't let the assholes who squirmed out of that argument filibuster their complicity by muting our own outrage now. So for the record, there is no amount of pissed off that is too pissed off when a presidential lie leaves 190,000 people dead and counting. And speaking of a bunch of people being about to die, I guess there's never been a better segue to our first sponsor this week, <laughs> Policy Genius. And so she doesn't even know if she's going to be able to live there anymore. Wow, yeah, real sorry to hear that. I did it. Did what? Hey, Eli, we're actually in the middle of I got of everyone ready serious. for National Life Insurance Awareness Month this year. How did you do that? Uh, look around, Noah. The plague, the fires, the riots, all me. And it's all going to be worth it when people save $1,500 or more a year by using Policy Genius to compare life insurance policies. What's Policy Genius? Okay, but more importantly, how did you cause COVID? I, I got a guy. So Policy Genius is an insurance marketplace built and backed by a team of industry experts. Here's how it works. Step one, head to policygenius.com. In minutes, you can work out how much coverage you need and compare quotes from top insurers to find your best price. Step two, apply for your lowest price. Step three, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and red tape. Okay, no, that's cool. Just circling back, though, you have a disease guy? Yes, I have a disease guy. Anyway, Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance company. So if you hit any speed bumps during the application process, they take care of everything. They even have policies which allow eligible customers to skip the in-person medical exam and do it over the phone. I'm sorry, who has a disease guy? Yes, uh, thank you. I have a disease That's guy. That's ridiculous. Uh, so if you need life insurance, head to policygenius.com right now to get started. You could save $1,500 or more a year by comparing quotes on their marketplace. Policy Genius. When it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. Okay, can you just tell us all the guys you have, like right now, so we know all of them? No. Okay. <laughs> back next up in headlines in big pharma news nine drug companies emerged from their volcano lairs after failing to kill austin powers once again to send america a letter that basically says yes we are evil but we're not that evil <laughs> the letter was sent in light of recent rumors and by rumors i mean 100 obviously true thing that is happening that trump has been pushing for a vaccine by election day in hopes of catching that undecided sure he might have caused the plague but it only took him half a year to solve it voter <laughs> right <laughs> this is a bad sign from these pharma companies and pharma in general <laughs> they, they wrote an open letter being like dear america we wrote this open letter to let you know that we're not going to be evil this one time as much. <laughs> just this one. You're that, welcome. That evil this one yeah. time anyway. Not gonna yeah. Bad. We're going to so, charge you for this shit. You know, with the FDA airdropping whatever the My Pillow guy says the cure for COVID is out of fighter jets every time Trump tells them to and then calling backseas when those things turn out to be poison, useless, or both, nine of the leading drug companies currently working on the COVID vaccine got together to write a letter that they were, in fact, going to do all the science before they inject it into everyone in America. Amazing. Great. The pharmaceutical industry just had to put out an 
okay, but we're not that dishonest letter to distance themselves from Trump. The pharma <laughs> fucking, do you want this insulin bad enough to dance for in suitical <laughs> industry? Who's this, the goddamn door knocker that always lies from labyrinth? <laughs> He's the new press secretary. It's a new day. I'm going <laughs> to... Yeah, Martin Shkreli just distanced a- himself from Donald Trump. That's not yes, exactly. It's not a good sign. And and uh, like we said, this is good. But you know, before we line up to give Johnson and Johnson and Pfizer pats on the back, they are very much doing this to cover their asses. Because oh yeah, you know, doing the full phase three trial is probably a good idea. I don't think they just pull those numbers out of their asses. I'm not <laughs> sure, but I don't think they do. Also. They already know that they're going to get pandemic three no matter what they do. So (laughs) I don't know. Maybe giving vaccine deniers less ammunition is a good idea if we as a nation ever want to eat at Applebee's again without setting our wills in order. (laughs) That's right, America. If you ever want to see this Matt Gray microwave steak ever again. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I don't think we're doing the hostage thing right. Well, if you're trying to get Trump's attention, you are. Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say. Either way, uh, you and I have some indoor time to kill, so why not do it with our next sponsor, The Great Courses Plus. Hi, I'm Heath Enright. I'm No Illusions. And I'm Eli Bosnick. You know, there aren't many silver linings to this pandemic, but for a lot of people, it's meant a lot more free time. And sure, you could use that extra time to stare existentially into the abyss, like me. Or that's fun. You could do baby stuff, like me, but you need a baby for that. So if you don't, you, you do, you do. Yeah. Or you can take this opportunity to learn new stuff with the Great Courses Plus. We love The Great Courses Plus because it's like attending a super college made up of only awesome professors. Yeah, and it's several hundred thousand dollars less expensive than that. Oh yeah, that too. Lately, we've been enjoying the course How Great Science Fiction Works. It's a fascinating exploration of what makes some of our favorite stories so essential. But that's just one of the thousands of lectures available, covering everything from history to cooking to biology to business and so much more. And it's so easy to watch or listen at any time from anywhere in the world on the Great Courses Plus app. And now's the perfect time to sign up for the Great Courses Plus. Our listeners can check out any course or lecture for free today. That's free access to their entire library. Don't wait any longer. Sign up today using our special URL. Start your free trial at thegreatcoursesplus.com slash skeptocrat. That's thegreatcoursesplus.com slash skeptocrat. The Great Courses Plus. Because the wall doesn't have any answers, no matter how hard you stare. You you okay there, Heath? Huh? What? I'm great. I'm great. I'm great. Guys, a sweet wall. (laughs) And we're back. Next up in headlines, Donald Trump was feeling extra proud this week after being nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize by a... Swedish security guard slash member of parliament (laughs) and also a Norwegian Nazi. And that got the president thinking about, you know, nominations and Nazis. So he announced the addition of Tom Cotton and Ted Cruz (laughs) to his list of potential Supreme Court nominees. Cotton and Cruz both immediately responded. They're happy about this. They're both like, great. You know, we're pretty much never allowed near a uterus. And, you know, we 
wouldn't get very close if we were allowed. So yeah, let's let's overturn Roe v. Wade. Great, yep. I'm psyched. Yeah. Right. No, this was after Tall Tyler spent three hours convincing him he's not allowed to nominate Pepe the Frog. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but hey, you live in a blue state and your polling places all the way across town. So by all means, stay home. We get it. We get it. We have stamps? Are you kidding me? <sighs> so apparently, Trump wasn't happy with the radical leftists like. John Roberts and Neil Gorsuch fucking up the Supreme Court. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks to key swing votes from these two liberal cucks this year, the U.S. government has to abuse certain immigrants a little bit less, and the LGBT community is technically employable now. For the moment, kind yeah. of, with yeah. maybe exceptions in the future. And that's just un American. Also, Trump's losing in the current polls, so he decided to fire up his base with the promise of more bigots on our highest court. And of course, anti-immigration immigrant, opera phantom, and <laughs> Ra's al Ghul, Ted Cruz, was a perfect choice. In case anyone missed it, he's also a climate change denier, he's pro-gun, he's anti-choice, he's against same-sex marriage, and he described being gay as a choice. And most importantly, he appears to be holding himself captive in a pit with a basket of lotion <laughs> and constructing a skin mask of himself for himself to wear. Okay, to be fair, if he does get appointed, we can look forward to our nation's highest court ruling on whether or not it's legal to bring up the time the president called your wife ugly. So, you know. <laughs> it's like, Justice Cruz, it's not that I think a theoretical race of subterranean transdimensional body snatchers shouldn't have property rights. I'm just, I don't know why you're so insistent that we rule on this now. <laughs> Stop licking your eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> that brings us to Tom Cotton, the former GOP congressman from Arkansas. Well, that should be plenty of information right there yeah, to inform right. your voting behavior in November. But just in case you're still having trouble, here's a few more details about Tom Cotton. He's the guy who wrote a hate crime for the New York Times op-ed section back when it was run by now-resigned-in-disgrace Barry Weiss. And that's where Cotton explained how the problem with Tiananmen Square was the tank never really rolled forward, and that could have <laughs> yep. solved the whole thing. And, you know, that's the Achilles heel of the Black Lives Matter protests. It's their susceptibility to tank warfare. Yep. wrote an op-ed about that. I mean, yeah, they, they, you know, uh, they have giant wooden spikes like Braveheart, but you can flank them. You flank them with the tanks. Cotton is also the guy who wants to defund public schools that overemphasize the negative parts of slavery. During an interview earlier this summer, he literally suggested that he agrees with the founding fathers who described slavery as a necessary evil. But, you know, it's cool because having slavery set us up perfectly to to stop having slavery, which is heroic. So yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, right. Exactly. <sighs> yeah. So Cruz and Cotton are just two of about, I think, 45 Christian right bigots on Trump's list right now. They're all hot garbage. They're terrible. That's the type of person who's going to replace 87-year-old cancer patient Ruth Bader Ginsburg if she has to retire in the next four years or any other justice that might have to retire or pass away in the next four years. Mm -hmm. So the question is, what are we going to do about it? Well, fortunately, some highly informed autodidactic political scientists on Twitter were kind <laughs> enough to explain to me how the electoral college works. Huh. Turns out certain people have votes that matter. To be clear, those people are in states that aren't guaranteed to go red or blue. 
Apparently, I forgot to include that context in my voting advice in past episodes. So, you know, from now on, assume everything I say starts with, if applicable to the context of what I'm about to say. Assume that's the guy. You know what? Go ahead and assume that about everything everyone says ever. Just a good rule of thumb. (laughs) So if you're one of those people with a vote that matters and you don't vote for the only person who can beat Donald Trump, you're helping Ted Cruz possibly become a Supreme Court justice and directly threatening women's rights, immigrants' rights, and LGBT rights, just to name a few. And you're helping rich people get richer. And Bernie Sanders thinks you're wrong. Damn it. I mean, I hate to disagree with you here, Heath, but if 2016 has taught us anything, it's that people actually don't know when this is applicable to them and when it's not. Especially the ones who angrily tweet about it to you. Not to mention that if everyone who thought their state was solid red voted instead of staying home, there would be no solid red state. So, So let me be clear. I do not care if you live in the center of New York City's bluest district or Tennessee's reddest bayou. You, you listening to this podcast have to vote. You have to vote for Joe Biden, and I don't care that you're bored of hearing me talk about it. I am bored of hearing me talk about it, and I will continue to talk about it until he's gone. And then when he's gone, I'll talk about other stuff, okay? I'm also looking forward to talking about other stuff. It's going to be great. And at this point, too, there's more to consider than just who wins. The margin of victory matters. And and not just from a, you bet your ass Bill Barr will play along with this, the election was rigged hysterics bullshit perspective, although that's a very important one. It matters internationally as well, right? It matters for whatever iota of pride we can still salvage as a group of human fucking beings. If Joe Biden narrowly ekes out a win against the idiotic sociopath we have in there now, we will never earn nor deserve the respect of the international community again. And when I say we, I don't mean some abstract concept that is America. I mean you personally, your kids, your kids' kids, that kind of shit. If he doesn't lose overwhelmingly, we don't deserve that. That's Mm -hmm. real. So, okay, you know what? Let me repeat what I said earlier. If you're in a state 100% literally guaranteed to go one way or the other, you can ignore everything we just said. Um, yeah. And, you know, that was zero people I was just talking to. Yeah. So everybody else well, fucking listen and vote better. Right. Correctly. Well, and, and, and so consider this, too, if you're in one of these solid red, solid blue type states, right? Consider the fact that, like... The Republican that wins your fucking state is going to see that way more people voted Democrat in his state than normal. He's going to be less conservative. He's going to realize how toxic Trump and Trumpism is to a greater degree because of that vote. It doesn't have to decide the fucking presidency to matter. And do better. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking D up. God damn it. This is the easiest fucking easy. I got a Especially letter from the now post you don't office. even have a, need an excuse. Yeah, right. The post office is sending you shit going like, hey, want to know how easy it was? You don't even need a fucking stamp. <laughs> and in red skies all day, sailor gets the fuck away news. At risk of um, <laughs> Noah does the weather becoming a regular bit on this show. We need to talk about the extraordinary percentage of the country that's on fire right now. Fucking terrifying. Uh, Again, I hate to disagree with a co-host here, but Noah the Weatherman is the newscast that 2020 America needs. Thanks, Karen. And now to no illusions with the weather. Fuck you. Okay. Okay. I got, I just, you know, whenever he's ready, we'll do the weather. <laughs> 
All right, so uh, we record this show in advance, so there isn't a whole hell of a lot of point in me throwing out the numbers since they're certainly going to be worse by the time this episode airs. But suffice to say, California has already lost about a Connecticut's worth of forests to these fires. Seriously? And that doesn't yeah, and that doesn't count all the shit burning in wow. Oregon and Washington. Tens of thousands of people have been displaced. Thousands of structures have burned down. Over half a million people have been placed under evacuation orders. And who the fuck even knows how many gazillions of dollars of damage has been done here? All right. So how do we make this a little bit more clear? Um, this is a bear who's on fire. Okay. And he's throwing a Hadouken fireball at James Inhofe on the Senate floor. <laughs> Is that help? Is that visual aid helping? Okay, I got one. Uh, what if we tell people it's all a Wendy's where cops murdered a black guy? Do you care now? Right. Do they care? Yeah. Some of them. <laughs> of course, if you live on the East Coast or outside the U.S., this probably seems pretty par for the course since California is kind of always on fire. Uh, but the apocalyptic photos that have been making the rounds online showing the crimson and orange Venusian skies in Northern California and Oregon have forced a lot of people to sit up and take notice of this outbreak. Um, to give you an idea how bad this shit is, 2018 set the record for the most destructive wildfire season in California's history with about uh, 1.7 million acres burned. This year, more than 3 million acres have burned, and the peak wildfire season runs through October, right? And, and that's not, I'm not even counting all the shit that's burned in Oregon here, the million-plus acres. Yeah, also, I just want to circle back and repeat that California has a wildfire season. You said yep. wildfire <laughs> season. Yep. Well, you know, California has a wildfire season. New York has the St. Paddy's Day Parade. It's give and take. It's give and take. <laughs> conflagrations on both coasts yeah um now there, there does seem to be some light at the end of the tunnel possibly though when you're talking about wildfires i guess light at the end of the tunnel isn't necessarily a good thing um but it does look like favorable weather conditions over the next few days uh, including moisture air and lighter winds should allow firefighters to make some headway on at least a few of the worst fires uh, but the silver linings on this story are shit like San Francisco had an earth colored sky for a day you know so i don't i don't want to oversell any of this no. you know no. Our thoughts are with our uh, our West Coast listeners. Yeah. Uh-huh. And in dumps like a truck, truck, truck news. <laughs> former press secretary and woman whose political relevance is now at least 75% Heat's impersonation of her on our show, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, released her tell-all memoir titled Speaking for Myself, Faith, Freedom, and the Fight of Our Lives Inside the Trump White House last week. And... While the book is largely a screed about the oppression of being asked to occasionally tell the truth, the fact that she had to say at least some of the things that happened in the temporal universe revealed some hilarious and terrible awfulness. Specifically, the time Kim Jong-un winked at her and Trump told her <laughs> she was going to have to, quote, take one for the team. Wow. <laughs> Oddly enough, I bet Kim Jong-un's handlers were telling him the same thing just then. <laughs> yeah. So here's the quote from the book uh, via an early copy obtained by The Guardian. Quote, uh, actually, Heath, do you mind taking this quote here? If you feel oh, like, yeah, yeah, no problem. We made direct eye contact <laughs> and Kim nodded and appeared to wink at me. I was stunned. I quickly looked down and continued taking notes. All I could think was, what just happened? Surely Kim Jong-un did not just mark me. Mark me. <laughs> mark me. <What>? And real <laughs> quote. Thank you, Heath. Uh, Sanders then goes on to relate that Trump then told her, quote, 
Well, Sarah, that settles it. You're going to North Korea and taking one for the team. Your husband and kids will miss you, but you'll be a hero to our country. And also real quote from the book. Amazing. And the fact checkers haven't even been counting the bit about her family missing her among his verifiable lies. So that's (laughs) news. Right. Well, luckily for us, that microphone that we hid in a stalk of celery has gone completely untouched in the president's pocket. So I wonder what he thinks it is. There's just that celery right there. Whatever. We've got some uh, tape for you. Let's find out how things actually went down. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I thought that went really, really well. Uh, Mr. President, you told a homicidal despot that you and he could be good friends. Right. But, but I did not give him our nuclear codes, even when he asked for them. So. Uh, No, that's true. You didn't. So, yeah. Like I said, I thought that went really well. What about you, Sarah? Huh? You seem quiet. Mm. Yeah, you you haven't even eaten that bag that your peanuts came <clears throat> What? Oh, damn it. I think she's <clears throat> tried to eat furniture again. I'll get the plunger. No, yep. no, no. I didn't try to eat furniture again. It, it's just that, well, uh, Kim Jong-un winked at me. <laughs> what? <laughs> he, shut up. He winked at me. That oh. happened. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. I hate you guys. It, this is real. That really happened. Sarah. Sarah. I'm sure you're making a mistake. I mean, he could have had something in his eye. He can see, right? We know for sure that he can see. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Give me your phone. Sarah, give me your phone. No, no, no. Give it back. Give it back, Mr. President. Give me back my phone. What is this thing? Is it a Nokia? Yeah. Yeah. When I have a smartphone, I get excited, and it's kind of like a chocolate bar. I eat it. Yep. That tracks. That tracks. Anyway, I am texting him right now. Don't. Do not text him. I'm texting. I'm texting him. Hey. Don't do it. Kimmy, it's Don't make me look stupid. Not sure if you've heard WAP yet, but the only WAP you're going to hear is your head against the headboard. Okay, see, oh, this is why okay. I don't want to tell you guys anything. This is why I never tell you about my love life details. Okay, I'm deleting it. How about this? I've got a sideways eye. I would like to wink back at you, if you know what I mean. Okay. Uh, just All right, well, at least that one's true. M- Mr. President, give me the phone. No. Just give, give me no, just, uh, Krav Maga. Krav Maga. Mr. President. Mr. President. <laughs> Krav Maga. Oh, wait. All right. Fine. Now I'm gonna hold on to this, and nobody gets Sarah's phone. What? You're not phone. What? No, I need to play I'm not Snake. You have the COVID. How am I gonna play Snake without my Nokia? You no guys COVID. can have it back Fuck when you. we get back to the states. Okay. Fine. Whatever. Fine. Ever tell you guys about the time my brother set a dog on fire? Oh God, like a thousand times. Yes. Do you want to hear it again? No. No. Yes. So my brother set this dog on fire, and then, and then we watched it. And finally tonight, in Votey McVoteface news, nice Trump supporters <laughs> tried to hang out on a lake together without a major embarrassing failure. Ooh, how'd that but, go? Oh, they didn't quite achieve that goal. It's a pretty modest goal. Didn't quite nail it. In case anyone missed it. A bunch of idiots with boats made of, like, uh, tubs who don't know how water works, and thousands of their friends showed up at Lake Travis in Texas for a boat rally on Labor Day weekend. And pretty much immediately, five of those boats literally sank. Because, because they drove them in a V. They drove them in a V! I, I literally know nothing about boats, and I know you don't drive your boat. In boat sinking formation. You're so stupid. <laughs> All right, everybody, do a barrel roll. I mean, what are you thinking? 
Okay, we're laughing. And to be fair, for the most part, nobody was seriously injured at Dumkirk. Uh, <laughs> great work by whoever coined that. Yeah, well, excellent. Well, okay, nobody was seriously hurt unless you count every single person who might come into contact with any of those people who had a giant gathering with no masks. Yeah. And unless you count the very hurt feelings of the fragile MAGA community when we made fun of them on Twitter for this. And that brings us to my favorite part of the story, other than, of course, the amazing schadenfreude of a uh, bigot parade capsizing itself. Here's the best part. Trump fans all over the country are pretty sure this was a sabotage plot by the, you know, Antifa amphibious assault team and their weather control devices <laughs> yes. that we all have. Yeah, and you guys thought that was a waste of money at the meeting. <laughs> I didn't think it was a waste of money. So the event was organized on Facebook, and the announcement told everyone to decorate your boats with as many Trump flags as she can handle. And uh, apparently that's a tricky calculation for at least five people. <laughs> the announcement also said, four parachute jumpers will be jumping out of a helicopter with smoke and flags flying. It also added, one is an amputee. <laughs> it's okay, like weird flex, but but okay. You got no, an I get jumping. it. There's a helicopter up there. You don't want to look up and be like, oh God, what happened? <laughs> that's, that's actually a really good point. So... Apparently, all that uh, smoke and flags and uh, parachute jumping didn't happen because within 30 minutes of getting on the water, that's so quick. bunch of the idiots. It's so fast. <laughs> it like, is. right it the is. fuck away. As soon as a critical mass of idiots formed in the most minimal amount. They, so, yeah, they got out of the water. 30 minutes later, a whole bunch of them didn't control their wake. And again, the parade was in the shape of a fucking wake. Yes, it was. <laughs> And boats started sinking. But that very obvious explanation didn't prevent the conspiracy theories. And my favorite one came from Christian right activist and blogger for thefederalistpapers.org, Carmine Sabia. In his blog, he wrote, With everything that's been happening in this nation, this could be sabotage, CBS Austin reported. And that has a link to a CBS Austin report? That says nothing about sabotage. Nothing about sabotage. <laughs> he was bluffing with the link. Like we wouldn't check. And he also tweeted, the likelihood of all these boats sinking by accident is microscopic. We are dealing with terrorists. Mm. What? Probably the same yep. group that attacked the Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> but what, what does he mean? All these boats? Like, like there's safety in numbers here? <laughs> Right, like, what are the odds that so many people would all die in the same stampede? I mean, so what many the people fuck to help. are you talking about? Yep. <laughs> and people literally weren't helping the other people who were sinking, is what I'm no. told, too. That was it's, some, some nope. of the reports were like, ah, fuck you. There's beautiful. <laughs> all boats matter. There's beautiful video. Deep. You gotta yeah. see it. It's so good. 30 minutes. It's so fast. <laughs> so quick. Ama it's, it's impressive how fast they failed. Like I it's a really fast failure. I don't think I could sink a boat in 30 minutes as a challenge. <laughs> okay, well, that's a new Patreon goal is Eli tries to sink a boat as fast as he can. That's yeah. what we're doing. 100%. All right, well, not surprisingly, besides uh, Carmine Sabia, we got some other responses. That includes a yell-crying article from The Blaze about the incident, in particular, about how mean we were for making fun of their epic failure that <laughs> happened in 30 minutes right the fuck away, which was great because Glenn Beck's stupid fucking website 
accidentally compiled a list of the best Twitter roasting as if just for me for today <laughs> to present. The responses ranged from womp womp to I like boats that don't sink to next time they should boat by mail. Uh, and I don't feel even a little bit bad no. about making fun of this no. uh, because first of all, fuck you. This is a right. political party defined by its lack of empathy. It's actually yep. proud of that. They yep. they read the, the, the virtue of selfishness and they're psyched about it. Fuck you. And, and also, you know what? Actually, that's it. Just fuck you. <laughs> first of all and last of all, fuck you. I don't care. I don't feel bad. You got attacked by the conspiracy called fluid dynamics, and you thought yep. it was Antifa. I have no sympathy or oh, empathy even or any of that fluid dynamics are against you now, motherfuckers. In 30 minutes. In 30 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> It takes like 10 minutes to get the boat off the dock. Like the amount is <laughs> so much. Just, all right, we're pushing off and we're done. We're under, we're some, under what happened. Some of those motherfuckers so hadn't even pulled the truck back up from where they launched the damn no. thing. <laughs> yeah. I think if you drove your boats off the dock directly into each other, you might beat 30 minutes, but only maybe. You could, you could slide boats down a slip and slide off a jump and less of them would sink as quickly. Amazing. Wow. All right, well, on that note, we're going to close it out. 30 minutes. It was so fast. They failed so fast. This show is longer than that. Yes. This episode. <laughs> they couldn't have got through this episode. No. They didn't even get to this part where we're no. making no. fun of them. No, mm -hmm. exactly. <laughs> and they're under. That's great. Fuck you. Anyway, thanks to No Illusions, thanks to Eli Bosnick, thanks to Fluid Dynamics, and thanks to all the listeners who liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter, and sent us feedback on the other various internets. Please keep doing that. Please keep listening, and please keep telling your friends. And if you find the naive stupidity of our giving away a free show business model to be oddly charming, please feel free to send us gifts of money at our donation page at patreon.com slash skeptocrat. Just like is a sandwich, DC Hooligan, Justin, Michael, Single Malt Center, Naomi, Ateo, Landon, Caesar, Jonathan, Travis, Perfidious Pete, John, Ashley, Doug, Joshua, Paul, Mike, Dr. H, Commissar Dixon, Prone to Drift, Other Michael, Other John, Adam, and come on, guys, we're now within 100 days of the elections, so the Skeptocrat should at least be weekly now. All of whose beautiful Dixon vaginas are being carefully guarded by Captain America as the <laughs> national treasures that they are. Hey, by the way, is the sandwich, it kind of fucks it up when you're the first one in the list, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, he Sorry, really yeah, got you. Just don't enter the wrong time. <laughs> that actually was the order. That was basically... He was, nice. It just worked out. And whether or not you're feeling financially benevolent like those fine people, if you enjoyed our brand of whimsy and you'd like to hear more dick jokes free of charge, check out our brother and sister shows, The Scathing Atheist, God Awful Movies, D&D Minus, and Citation Needed, available on Apple Music, Stitcher, all those other podcast apps, or the deep web. We just have one last thing. Let's compliment that penist. Special thanks to Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars. He's the creator of the virtuosic musical stylings you heard today, which were used with permission. You should definitely check him out using the links we'll provide or by Googling the only band called Evil Drafts on Mars. Until next time, catchphrase sign off. Mm, 30 minutes. <laughs> All right, so here's the fucked up thing. Donald Trump actually, in this story, tells the truth about 
lying about telling the truth about lying. He does. I just I didn't want to put that because it seemed like I was overdoing the joke at that point. But that would actually have been the correct and true. That's thing. a correct description yes. of what happened exactly. in our reality <laughs> with our president of the United States. Yep. I mean, clicking on shit defeats. Did, did you need to press one key? You had to press one key. You needed one letter to go into something. I. What? No, the worst part was the first click. The click down is when I remembered we were doing. And room you tried noise, to softly so let go of the I, key. I tried to unclick softly, which Jesus. somehow made it louder. Bunch of W's on my document now. Anna, come in here. I need you to hold a button. I need to, <laughs> dude. I'm trying to be quiet. We got. Well, it's remember in Indiana Jones, we have to switch it out. <laughs> If I hold this W through the whole record, then no. <laughs> the whole document's just scrolling down what? with W's. <laughs> hey, Eli. Eli, are, <laughs> nope. have you been winging it this whole time? Hold on a second. <laughs> nope. Just, just look at it. <laughs> Line, it's <laughs> The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.